There was so much going on in the debt settlement uh, arena. There were tons of companies popping up, lots of consumer exploitation and vulnerability on the part of consumers. Money Fit by DRS. It's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. A passionate attorney is not an oxymoron. For proof, join me, Todd Christensen, host of the Money Fit Show podcast, for my discussion today with Leslie H. Tain, founder of Tain Law Group, on her personal and professional journey to remold the debt settlement industry. Stick around. I want to tell you a secret. I see debt people. Leslie H. Tain is an award-winning financial attorney and author of Life and Debt. She is the founder and managing director of Tain Law Group PC, a law firm headquartered in New York, dedicated to debt solutions and alternatives to bankruptcy for individuals and businesses. Leslie's insights have been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fortune, and other major news outlets. While Leslie and I haven't met in person, we've both participated for probably two years or so as panelists and participants on Experience Weekly Twitter credit chat. And I appreciate her balanced insight and recommendations shared there. Leslie Tain, welcome to the Money Fit Show. Thank you so much for having me today. It has been really uh, great to, to uh, connect with you here because I have seen you participating for quite a while on that Experian uh, credit chat. I don't know how you got hooked up with that. Is it? Uh, it has been about a year or two, right? Uh, it's been a little while, yes. But time seems to go by fast these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, we're in uh, COVID warp speed here. Uh, well, well, Leslie, to, to begin our conversation, I usually ask a uh, question for our listeners to get to know the guest. And uh, while uh, we'll, uh, we'll get into your, your journey here in a little bit, could you share a bit about that journey to becoming a debt relief attorney? Was it something that you, you always thought you would uh, end up doing? So the quick answer is absolutely not. So I definitely always wanted to be a lawyer or an attorney. The, my father was an attorney and practiced a long time. And I just um, used that as a basis for my interest in the field. And uh, I just always knew that's what I wanted to do. Interestingly, when you apply to law school, they often ask you, or when I applied a very long time ago, they ask you about what your interest also is in becoming an attorney. I just always had an interest in becoming an attorney. It was like I was driven to be in that position. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as getting to where I am today as a debt relief attorney, that was a totally different journey and certainly not one that I would have predicted or even anticipated. Well, that's that leads me into this question. I because I, I wanted I'm fascinated to know. I always like to know how people got where they are. What is it that you could share from, I don't know if there was a part of your personal journey, financial journey that, that got you into personal or uh, financial debt relief, or uh, what is it that, that got you where you're at that maybe our listeners could, could have a better understanding of, of what you're doing? Sure. So it, when I, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a personal goal of mine to become a, a debt relief attorney. The area of practice didn't even exist. Time uh, when I certainly when I went to law school, although there was what's called consumer rights and bankruptcy, mm -hmm. 
So when I was in law school, that wasn't something that this area of law that I practice in is not was not an area of uh, practice. And in law school, you don't specialize. So it wasn't something that I had dreamed of or thought about or even was introduced to. Truthfully, I was working in a position in public law and I was looking for a different experience. And so I took a position as an in-house counsel to a national company and that really projected my career. I learned the industry and the business and felt that I could make a difference on a totally different level, having a law practice that was solely concentrated in the area of helping consumers and gaining their trust and being able to make a difference in resolving debt a totally different way other than bankruptcy and the traditional methods. So mm-hmm. that's how I got to this career path. Along the way, of course, that has changed a million times. It's certainly been a windy road. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I love what I do and it, and it changes all the time. So along this way, while you're in uh, school, are you, are you seeing other classmates and because uh, because debt tends to be cons- uh, student loan debt in particular tends to be an issue among college students uh, and and it's certainly um, prevalent among attorneys did you see any your friends or, or classmates struggling or, or with credit card debt that that you that you thought okay there, there's got to be another way uh, no, truthfully, the uh, not certainly not with credit card debt. Credit card debt is traditionally not talked about. And certainly 25 years ago when I was in law school, that wasn't a subject of conversation. Mm-hmm. Student loan debt existed. We, many of us needed to take student loans to pay for law school. But the reality and the impact of what that student loan was going to do to us post-graduation was not something that anybody talked about. So we all just, you know, our, everybody's goal was to go to law school and it needed to be paid for. And the student loan route was the best way to go. So you get out of out of uh, college, and and where did you where did you go from there? Where did you start from there? Was that at the uh, a national debt firm? You said when I graduated from law school, yeah, I um, I no, I worked at a um, I was in a public law position, and so I worked for a public agency, uh, and I thought that's where I was really headed when I was in law school, since I had a lot of experience in public law, but. Uh, After a while, I wasn't getting the experience I was looking for. And then I took a position as in-house counsel to a national debt company. Mm -hmm. And that's really what projected my career path. I was with them for a few years and realized that I could make a very big difference on my own, opening my own law practice and really concentrating just in helping consumers resolve debt. Right. Now, I'm not asking for any names, of course. Um, Privacy and and debt is a very important thing. Those of us who are working in, in the debt field. Can you remember cases from early on that uh, that had an impact on you that you thought, okay, I could probably do this for for the rest of my life or at least for the next 20 years or so? So I don't know that when you're young and you're first starting out in your career that you're thinking the rest of your life. Right? Um, I think I was at the time, uh, these the I, I knew that I could make a big impact, that I could change the face of the debt settlement world, that I could create a practice where people trusted attorneys, where they didn't feel and seem like you were working with attorneys and kind of give a feeling of a different experience. So I was going for a different feel. I was going for a different experience that clients would have working with me. I wanted them to feel like there was an open door policy. They can call any time, which is very different than regular attorneys, that I was partnering with them and that we were going to make a difference together. 
and that there was a level of trust coming from somebody like myself, who is a trusted advisor held to a different ethical standard than a traditional uh, corporation or, or corporate member. And with that, I knew that I had a good platform. So what, what were you hearing from uh, consumers uh, that, uh, that you thought, okay, there's, there's some trust issues here. What, what was it that, that made you realize there needed to be some changes? There was so much going on in the debt settlement uh, arena. There were tons of companies popping up, lots of consumer exploitation and vulnerability on the part of consumers. S tremendous amounts of stress when you have debt. It just goes with it. You are overwhelmed. It's a difficult area to understand. The Back in the early days of my career, the collection industry was not as well regulated as it is today. So there was a lot more abuse from the collection side. And that gave opportunity to, um, to build the debt settlement side or the debt resolution side where consumers were really vulnerable. And with that, those uh, experiences really shaped what my mission was going to be about in my practice. Nice. Yeah, we, uh, any, any of us that have been in the debt field uh, for any, any number of years know that there, there's, regardless of the industry, whether, wherever there's money involved and stressed consumers, there's going to be uh, opportunity for scams and, um, and even just fraud and I mean, just a lot of problems, consumer problems. And so no um, that uh, I want, I want to, I'm, before I want to, I want to get to talking about some of the myths about debt settlement. You, you talked, you mentioned uh, the, the term of what you do, uh, debt relief, debt settlement, but could you give kind of a, a, an overview? What is it specifically that, uh, that, that you do uh, with um, consumers, your clients? So understanding the difference between debt settlement and debt consolidation are really important. Debt consolidation is a kind of a generalized term that is an umbrella for a number of different debt relief options. Mm -hmm. Debt settlement is one of those. Uh, debt consolidation can include loans and refinancing, balance transfers, and things like that. That is not what I do. What right. I do is a debt relief process where I work with the consumer directly as an intermediary between them and their creditors to uh, renegotiate the terms of their agreements with the creditors because your credit card is an agreement with your creditor mm -hmm. and reduce the payments, reduce the principal's a balance, which is the balance that's owed and get the client into a place where it's affordable, where it can be paid off uh, in a reasonable amount of time. And that's really the essence of debt settlement. How that's performed, that's a whole different ballgame. You know, who does it, how, do, how it's done, where it's done, because there are state laws, there are federal laws and state laws related to debt settlement. Um, and as far as who does it, also could dictate the quality of the outcome, because not everybody knows how to do debt settlement, and not everybody has the ability to do it that effectively on behalf of the consumer. It's really not a one size fits all situation at all. Right. Yeah. There's uh, and I and I think um, that's a good point. A lot of lot of consumers. Every consumer seems to be in a different situation, and they but they all think there is one best option for them to deal with their debts. And well, that uh, is absolutely not the case. Yeah. And even if you are a consumer that has the same creditor as other consumers, because I've had that in the past where a consumer says to me, oh, well, my brother-in-law, neighbor or friend told me that they were able to get X, Y, and Z. 
um, with, from a creditor. And I often tell people one thing has nothing to do with the other mm -hmm. and everybody's consumer debt issues are unique DNA to that situation. Right. Right. So we, uh, so money fit, uh, is a, is a debt, debt management credit counseling agency. And, um, in spite of what, uh, some other, some agencies or some people might say, Oh, there's, this is the best option. There's, there's no, as I said, no one, no one option is best for everybody. There are people that are not appropriate consumers that will not work well, uh, end up with a good solution with debt management through a credit counseling agency. And just as I would assume there are um, certain consumers that wouldn't be the best fit for you. Who, who do you, who's your ideal client and who's some, uh, could you give me an idea of what's, what's somebody that probably should seek another option? Sure. And you make a really good point in that one solution isn't right for everybody. It's there are multiple solutions and that has to be decided upon by the consumer based on a little bit of research and understanding of their situation. Mm -hmm. It's important for consumers to really understand what's going on financially with themselves in order to seek out the most appropriate type of help. So like if you have chest pains, you're not going to a foot doctor. So <laughs> When it comes to debt relief, you need to understand what's happening in your situation in order to seek out the best kind of relief or determine that one relief is better than another for you mm -hmm. and or one person agency or solution is better because there, there ultimately is a solution. The question becomes, how do you get to that solution? With us, we do we really do a comprehensive uh, intake on any potential client and asking a number of questions that will determine whether that person is somebody that not only we can work with or that we want to work with, because not every consumer is somebody that uh, we can or want to work with. With that said, it means that, what does that really mean? It means the type of debt that the client has, their willingness to resolve the debt, their understanding or misconceptions of, about debt and debt relief. So if I have somebody that comes to me and says, I want you to settle my debt for 10 cents on the dollar. I mean, I had that the other day. I had somebody come to me and say, you know, I want to pay between 15 and 20% of the debt. And this person had been sued by creditors who I know on a regular basis. And I said, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're not a good fit for us because your expectations are unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And while I can answer the suit, fight the suit, I can do a lot of magical things. Those type of settlement numbers are completely unrealistic and Therefore, if you want to work with us, you'll have to understand that that's not what we're, that's not the result. So that's one type of example. Uh, budget also, determining budget and being able to see if the client can afford the matter. So if I give a client a budget and say, this is what it needs to be done with your debt, and they come back and they say to me, it's not doable, I can only do 10% of what you're suggesting, then that's not a good fit for us. And that's somebody who really might consider a bankruptcy or alternative, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, again, and sometimes it's the client's situation. So I have a lot of uh, high high end clients who are Wall Street people, um, people who carry um, very significant licensing requirements from security to um, securities and uh, professional athletes, but actors, uh, you, you name it, doctors, lawyers, accountants, mm -hmm. um, teachers, police officers, Everybody is, a, is potentially a candidate, but with that said, certain situations dictate that they may or may not be a candidate. So we have to look at um, a really good comprehensive um, intake to determine if that client really is a good fit for us. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, one point, type of debt. 
what types of debts um, uh, would you would not be able to be uh, included in in a sort of a settlement workout? So, like a secured debt that somebody wants to keep, either a car uh, is generally not a good a good fit unless they are okay with the car being returned. Um, that that's one. Certain types of mortgage debt we generally don't work in the mortgage arena. Um, I had somebody contact me recently and asked me about a mortgage debt where um, they have substantial equity in the house and they want to know about loopholes in making payments to the mortgage company. That is, that's not a good fit for me at, for my firm at all, not somebody we would work with on a number of levels. One, there's substantial equity in the house and that's not going to make sense. The result of something like that is not going to be a good result in favor of the client. And uh, three, we're not, we, you know, we're not in the business of uh, aiming for loopholes uh, in, in certain financial obligations. So with that said, that's, that's another example of a type of debt where we wouldn't work uh, with somebody. Uh, I appreciate you, you talking about you know, people asking for loopholes and, and what you want to be wary of. What are, I mean, there are a lot of advertisements online, emails on social media for People who say help will help you get out of debt. Um, what should a, a consumer be wary of when they hear these? What kind of are there over promises or what kind of concerns should they um, give them pause to, to say, okay, I need to I need to look into into this a little more. So right then and there, we'll help you get out of debt immediately is not something that I, I myself can say or would say as an attorney. How do I know I can help that person? So we don't make promises ahead of time. So or guarantees or definitive statements. So anytime you hear a definitive timeline, oh, we'll get this done in 12 months. Oh, we'll get this done for you at half 50 percent. Oh, we'll get this done at a specific dollar amount. Anytime you hear definitives, those are red flags because there's no way to know. I have no idea what American Express is willing to do at this very moment. I know what they've done in the past up to this moment based on certain circumstances, but honestly, the creditors change their parameters pretty regularly. And there's what I can predict is that there is no prediction. So anytime you see definitive statements out there, I would say that's a huge red flag. Um, who are you talking to? Where are they located? So just because that they they may or may not be located in the state that you live in, certain states have restrictions and licensing rules. So uh, not, consumers generally don't know that. So that's not a question that they're going to ask. The challenge that consumers really have is that they don't know the questions to ask when they are solicited. Yeah. So just because somebody has your you know part of your social security number, they know your debt amount, they know your creditors that information can easily be bought. So that does not in any way, shape or form legitimize any organization. Just because they advertise on the radio or the television, they have big budgets for advertising or they come up at the top, you know, in, in, the, in the searches in the search engine and it says ad, those are big budgets. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that translates into an organization that's really going to do right by you. Sometimes it really means that you want to work not in a big box solution, you want to work where, where you're going to get a personalized approach where somebody's going to really look out for you. There are so many nuances to debt settlement and debt resolution and debt relief from legal issues, credit issues, accounting and, and tax related issues to personal issues, whether you're getting divorced, whether you're getting married, whether you're having children, whether you're getting a new job, you know, changes in your financial status, buying a house, selling a house, um, people get sick. 
there's so many things that go on. You want to be able to work with somebody who can pivot easily and you can have a regular conversation with, you know where your money is, you know where it's going, and there's an ethical obligation for that organization to respond to you and, and length of time in the business because sometimes they pop up and they're here for a couple of years and they go away or they change names. So from the consumer perspective, definitive statements is a red flag. Yeah. I generally tell people, I can't give you a definitive statement. I wish I could. I mean, I've been doing this so long, I should be able to, but I really can't. All I can just tell you is that I'm going to do the best I can and this is where we should come out. And my guesstimates and my estimates are pretty accurate, but there's always a curveball that comes along during the process, especially since most of these processes are at least a year to three or four years long. So this is a long-term relationship that you're going to have. You want to make sure that when you make this decision, that you're doing so with confidence. If you have something, and a lot of people tell me this, that when they were talking to somebody, they just didn't have a good feeling. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a good feeling, you go with it and say, you know what? This doesn't work for me. Yeah. Just because you're getting a high pressure sales tactic, you know, I tell people, you know, there's no rush. And in fact, I don't want them to make a rush decision. I do not want somebody to feel any pressure coming into my program or working with me as a professional, because the last thing I want to hear is I didn't have time to make a decision. So there should be no pressure. There should be time options and you should feel good about the decision and you should understand where's your money going? How is it being distributed? Where is it being held? And how did you get my information? Right. You know, I, I think um, you, you mentioned uh, consequences, uh, what might happen. I, I think a lot of people who are at that point of talking about um, settling their debt, many cases, their credit is no longer the, the, their top concern. But even if it is a concern, there are other um, issues, uh, long-term issues, especially when uh, uh, they, they are in homes or going through divorce or, or have other, other assets. That they need to con uh, consider and uh, what might happen. What 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 is what are some uh, I don't know. I call them horror stories. What are some things that they need to be careful of that could happen if they don't uh, go with the right organization? So horror stories. We could be talking about this for <laughs> quite some time. Right. So. But when it comes to um, the consequences, uh, you know, I've seen companies go out of business and just not respond to consumers. Mm -hmm. I've seen them I have a client now that paid in $24,000 to some company and, and he says he never signed anything with them. So mm. he has no idea where the money went, how they have any, and they're, they're still claiming that he owes the money. Oh. But right now he has no, there's no, I haven't seen any written documentation of any contractual obligation. So that's scary. Um, I've seen uh, people obviously get sued uh, many, many times over where then the, to me, from my perspective as an attorney, to see somebody then told, oh, you need to file this on your own, or here's a form, go fill this out, you know, or we can't handle it anymore because you were sued is that's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, those are all really scary situations. So um, my, you know, another line that I would be concerned about is, oh yeah, we have an attorney we can, we can let you speak to, or we have attorney in house, or we have an attorney on staff. You know, those are kind of scary because what does that mean to you as the consumer? Uh, what does that impact to you? So uh, I think there's just too many uh, legal ramifications here. Credit score is the least of it. Mo most of my clients, honestly, their credit score comes back over 700. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. If it's done right, 
the credit score comes back. And many, many, many of my clients tell me that their credit score bounced back pretty high while we're still in the process of resolving debt. Mm -hmm. So that's really a, a factor of who's doing the work and that it's being done right. Um, but that that's kind of a, a little bit of a myth, but it's also a horror story. So if the credit is bad and continues to stay bad, then there's something didn't go right during the process of debt resolution or debt settlement. Um, but the um, those I think uh, the legal ramifications, the ones I just spoke about, I think are, are the are some of the worst that these companies, some of them just disappear. All right. I don't want to end on a uh, on a negative note here with, the, with all the t things that could go wrong, but. Uh, could we uh, could I could I ask you for a, a one practical piece of advice or a step that uh, somebody could take if they if they are at the point where they, you know, they they've looked at other options and and they're thinking that settlement is is what they want to do. What's one thing that you would recommend? So I too want to end on a positive note, and we'll tell you that debt settlement uh, through my office, at least, is exceptionally exceptionally successful. If I take you in as a client, I'm fixing your debt problem. So. It is a very positive experience for my clients, and um, I, I ask them to share that, but people are very uncomfortable about sharing mm -hmm. that experience, and I respect that. Um, but the one thing I would say to anybody considering it is that um, it's, not, it's not going to be necessarily a bad experience. It actually has a lot of really positive pieces from the reduction in um, outgoing expenses to even improvement in the credit score and credit worthiness to the management and having a partner alongside of you to help answer questions and be there for you and, and to be your advocate. So I would say when it's done right and it's done with the right people, like anything else, it's a success. It can, it can be a success, but you're part of the success as the consumer. So, you know, if you go in adversarially at, to, to your company and you're going to fight with them and argue with them and you're going to be difficult or you're not responsive, then, you, you know, you might be contributing to the lack of success. So remember, you know, your contribution as the consumer on, and, you know, you have a part to play as well. So I would take suggest that that's something that you understand going into it, but it could be a super positive experience and lots, lots of good things that, that can come, come from it. I, uh, hence the term relief. I think uh, a lot of us in, in the industry uh, have seen that that sort of a real turnaround in people's lives when when they finally realize that hey, I can get control of this and and uh, there's there's they experience that that relief. Very positive, yeah, and that's very rewarding from my end yeah. as the as the practitioner. I mean, for me, it's just such a great it. It gives me and invigorates me. I love fixing these things, and I love the the happiness that comes from uh, from the experience with my clients. Very cool. Uh, Leslie, where can our uh, listeners connect with you online if they want to look for you? Sure. So lots of places. You can certainly find me all over social media. Um, at, you can go to tainlaw.com, T-A-Y-N-E-L-A-W.com. Um, you can certainly reach out to us at 866-890-7337. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, uh, TikTok, and of course, Instagram at Leslie H. Tain on all of those. So I look forward to connecting. Thank you. Very good. I, I appreciate that you make yourself so available. Leslie, uh, I appreciate your time today. Uh, to our listeners, I want to say thank you for joining us. Please uh, check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And until next time, please get more money fit and stay well.